Welcome to Chief Everything Officer, a podcast for entrepreneurs who do it all. We are sponsored by Juntobot, an impact-oriented venture school and studio focused on designing and scaling startup ecosystems for the future. So, you want to start a business. This is the first episode in our new podcast series, Chief Everything Officer, which is a podcast for founders who do it all. I'm Christina. And I'm Devin. And we're here to help you make your desk a little less messy, even though mine's pretty messy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like a business, we just started a podcast. So if you're trying to think of an idea for your business and you have a bunch of balled up papers with terrible ideas on them, a bunch of unused Word documents that just have tons and tons of text, scribbling, whatever, you're not alone. So Devin, what kind of advice do you tend to give to aspiring founders who want to get started? So uh, one thing that I always like to tell founders is all great ideas start as a problem to solve. Uh, So look for the problem. And the better the understanding of that problem, the better the solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even if you have the best idea ever, uh, persistence is key. 40 times. That's how many times Skype pitched their business to investors before an investor was like, okay, I think that's a good idea. Here's some money. What would the world have looked like during COVID if there'd been no video calling, if they'd given up on the 39th time? Uh, 350 times. That's the number of times Pandora pitched their music streaming service. One of the, I think the first music, really successful music streaming services with collaborative filtering and, uh, and suggestion algorithms. Uh, they pitched it 350 times before they got an investment. What would have happened? What would music look like if they'd given up on the 349th, right? We probably wouldn't uh, even have Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Sergi and Larry uh, Bryn, they pitched Google 300 times before somebody was like, that seems like a good idea. Because you gotta get, I mean, one thing that a lot of listeners might not know is, you know, before Google, there were a bunch of other search engines and some of them were doing it relatively well, mm-hmm. right? And the idea, Yahoo was the big one, was a big, was a big, was a big uh, player in this field before Google came along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just didn't seem like a good idea to a lot of investors. But finally, somebody took a chance on them. And now, where are we now? Where will we be without Google? Right? I wonder how the investors that turn them down feel now <laughs> they're very quiet they're yeah. very quiet they nobody crows about the fact that they they passed on, on yeah. uh, you know on, on, on larry and sergey yeah often i find like most great ideas that exist today didn't start as great ideas they often started as bad ones um even like throughout history you've seen all kinds of inventors come up with ideas um like very, very monumental inventions that have changed everything about our world, like industrial revolution type stuff, like Edison with a light bulb. Um, obviously everybody, I feel like has heard this story, but Edison made a thousand unsuccessful attempts before it finally worked. And you gotta wonder what was going through his head for all of the 999 that preceded that and where he got the at inspirations that drove him through all of those attempts. Um, yeah until it finally, finally worked. So uh, today we're gonna talk about where to find that special juice of entrepreneurship inspiration, or as I like to call it, entrepreneur-spiration. You're welcome. Wow, 
Ouch. Ouch. I feel like that word is going to be like the word moist. Oh I don't have a problem with the word moist, but people get really upset with the word moist. My wife like literally will throw things at me from across the room when I use the word. I, I, I just feel like that, that word is going to be triggering to people. Uh, in the comments or on Huntovat, if you're watching this on Junto, on, on the Huntovat platform, please, I would like you to comment whether or not you agree with Christina that that is a good word or whether you agree with me that that maybe is not the best word. I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to weigh. I'm not trying to like put my thumb on the scale at all. I'm going to leave it to the crowd. So maybe I have bad ideas too. No, 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 no. I just hate the word. I don't hate you. I hate the word. So maybe I need to go through some iterative processes and it's come up with eventually an entrepreneurial word that yeah. will take off. That's not this word, but maybe this is just <laughs> the first bad idea. My old black used to call it words. Like, you know, maybe you should wordsmith that, which was her way of saying. That's terrible. Yeah, that, like, <laughs> this is awful writing, Devin. No, you cannot. You cannot show this to the public. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, what needs to be wordsmith? All right, so at the part where you say dear so-and-so, and then the part where you say kind regards, everything in between. Everything else. Oh, okay, wow. All right. Start All right. over. <laughs> uh, but seriously, you know, starting a business is hard, right? Uh, getting the people to believe in you and your ideas is hard. And um, there's whole industries around this. So, you know, we're going to try to get real with you and, and try to like help you as a listener think through and hopefully break down some of the things that you might be worried about. Um, but if we miss anything, if we get, you know, cause we're doing a whole series here about mm -hmm. what your problem is and what your, how to find your personal motivation. And, uh, and we have a whole bunch of, uh, we're going to be interviewing a whole bunch of really cool people about, you know, where they found their inspiration and what problems they're solving and, you know what their customers want and need and, and all that but if we miss stuff or you want us to focus in on stuff or you think we've gotten stuff wrong this is a community junto means together mm -hmm. junto bot is about community and we're stronger the stronger the community is so feed the junto and let us know where we got it right or where we got it wrong seriously it's a two-way uh, conversation actually, yeah it's a two-way conversation as long as the conversation is nice and not mean we always open to that conversation. So, mm -hmm. um, Before we begin our discussion, we are going to pause and share a little bit about our company and why we're here. Cool. N not that I've already done way too much of that. <laughs> yes. Cool. Huntoba is a company that focuses on supporting and promoting entrepreneurs regardless of their industry, background, or entrepreneurial phase. We offer e-learning programs to teach skills and prepare future startup founders for the real world. We also host a networking platform where we connect people and entrepreneurs from different industries and communities. Finally, we facilitate an apprentice program where we train individuals and employees in different areas such as marketing. Our goal is to make the world 5% better by enabling entrepreneurs to create businesses for positive impact. So Devin, you've worked with a crap ton of founders. So you probably know about the, a lot about this. If I wanted to start a business, but I've never done anything like this before, what should I do first? So everything starts with a problem, right? Um, the problem leads to a big idea, even sometimes a weird one, but it really leads on the power of a great question, right? Uh, Amazon was originally an online bookstore, right? Um, I, a, a family member who will remain nameless 
was asked to be a member of Amazon when they first got started. Uh, and they were uh, relatively big in uh, in the publishing industry. And they were like, not, not interested in working for these weird dudes doing this small little thing on the internet. Maybe not the best <laughs> decision of all times at this point in, in thinking back on that. But it's hard to remember a point in time when Amazon was a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, and something that you would just ignore, you know, because it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad decision at the time. It made a complete sense. It was a good decision at the time. You know, stable business in a stable industry or these weird dudes with this weird thing that they can't really understand that they named after a river. I don't understand. What, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> it makes no sense. And now here we are. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one of the things I like to think about is that when you look at what that great question that's being solved, you know, Airbnb, the question, you know, what, what was the question they were looking to solve? What if anyone could open a hotel? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what if you never needed your own car, Uber? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, some like more historic examples. How can we carry a cow in our pocket? So cows used to be how you traded value. So if I went to the market, I'd bring five cows and I would give a cow to somebody else and I'd get some eggs and maybe mm-hmm. I'd get a new plow from the from the blacksmith. And But you traded cows. That's how you traded value. That's where the value was. But I can only, I only can carry, I can't carry any cows, but I can only walk one, I have to walk that cow to market. How could I carry a cow in my pocket? Mm-hmm. That's money. That's a coin that looks like that has a cow on it and signifies everyone's agreed that that coin means a cow, right? Um, how do you persuade customers to buy uh, more than they can carry? It used to be you walked into a store, you bought what you could carry, mm-hmm. right? And if you've ever been somewhere, they didn't have any bags and they're like, do you want a bag? And you're like, have like 16 things at the 7-Eleven. You're like, I, I, yes, I would very much like a bag. You understand how important that bag is to allowing you to purchase more mm-hmm. at their store. Right? Well, I take grocery bags so for granted. I haven't even thought about that. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that somebody had to invent that at some point in time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think they uh, at, they relied on you bringing your own bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, all right, well, you only have one bag. Well, then you're only going to buy what goes in that bag. No, 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 we have bags. We can give you a hundred bags. Mm-hmm. You could buy enough to fill a hundred bags. It's okay. We'll take care of the bags. Yeah, out of the goodness of our heart. <laughs> no, out of the goodness of our pocketbook, we want you to buy no, as much no. as possible. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's all these questions. I mean, like one of my favorite is the one about Na- as NASA was looking to, they're trying to figure out how to record something in space. How do you record information in space? And uh, so they figure, you know, obviously you need something that writes in space. And so let's use a pencil. Yay, that's problem solved, right? Problem is the graphite was breaking off. And in an environment where there's gravity and that graphite breaks off from the pencil and falls down, you know, a problem in an environment where the graphite rubbings fall off the paper, they fall mm-hmm. to the ground. And then you vacuum them up or you sweep them up or, you know, but they don't really cause any damage. But in an environment with no gravity, 
this graphite was just getting in the air filters the graphite pieces were getting everywhere the you know the graphite was getting between electrical nodes and, and electrical circuits and causing electrical problems causing major problems that build up over time and so it's not a good answer and mm -hmm. you think it's a good the good answer but the question is something to record information in space and when they realized that they developed the fisher space pen which was the first spent pen to be able to be developed in space and i thought that's just really interesting concept of basically understanding the question and understanding what the problem the problem that needs to be solved is we need something that can that can write in space mm -hmm. yeah but the environment that that problem resides in changes what that answer is because we need something to write on earth i've got hundreds of pencils mm -hmm. right i love Blackwing, we're not sponsored by Blackwing, but Blackwing, if you want to sponsor us, we will take your sponsors. You can pay us in pencils. I love Blackwing pencils. But I write with pencils all the time. I've got different uh, different, uh, different types of leads. They're stronger, they're lighter, so forth. In space, which I've never been in space, unfortunately, but if, Maybe in someday. space, uh, you, can't, you can't use this. Right? And it just seems like something you wouldn't realize. It's like similar to your conversation about the, the grocery bag. You don't realize it because it's always been you. You've always been in an environment with mm -hmm. gravity. With no gravity, what is that? What does that change? You know. I think something that's cool to note here is that like how so many of these technological advancements have been the reason for new problems that have been created but then those have been solved by other things so um airbnb and uber are both based on apps and mm -hmm. um traditionally you have hotels and inns and like taxis and you know your your horse carts or whatever um mm -hmm. that take people places and and people stay in but with airbnb and uber those things have allowed anyone to be able to be that to, for somebody else and then with the nasa space pen this is only a problem because we've had all these tech advancements that have allowed us to go to space and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, no matter how many things continue being developed, there's always going to be opportunities for another mm -hmm. advancement or another pro um, problem that you can solve with a business. And I think that's really cool. I think that shouldn't discourage anybody from um, creating and inventing because um, mm -hmm. there's always more things that you can do. Moore's law. 100% agree with you. 100% mm -hmm. agree with you. I mean, that's one of the things when I sold my last business, I couldn't figure out, I, I, I knew I needed to solve a problem. I couldn't figure out what problem to solve. So mm -hmm. I, what I decided to do is I went to go work in consulting because big consulting, Capgemini, Ernst & Young, McKinsey, Boston Consulting Groups, all of these consulting companies, they're embedded in Fortune 500 companies solving major problems for major companies. Mm -hmm. And you're churning across multiple companies. You're working with some of the smartest people in the world looking at problems and identifying problems and how to solve those problems and understanding the environment of the, what is the current state? What is the future state? How, what's, what's blocking you from getting the current state, the future state, all of those are problems. Mm -hmm. And if you leave your, your mind open to those problems, Ooh, and for me, I found with Huntobot that the problem I wanted to solve was that I hated consulting. <laughs> I hated teaching Fortune 100 companies how to kill off Fortune 500 companies, my, where my love was small business and startups and people who start companies, not the companies that have already figured out how to monopolize and take over the world. They've already taken over the world 
and they're now using their power to crush everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the people who are, you know, a scrappy team of 50 people who are trying to change how people interact with photographs mm-hmm. in Instagram before it's bought by Facebook, you know, that, that yeah. type of thing. So, but it's that prize identifying what that problem is. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, it took a path, but you got to figure out what the problem is and figure out whether that problem is worth solving. I mean, one thing that I really like really annoys me is when I talk to people and they're like, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to create a dating app. I'm like, oh, because nobody solved that problem. There's not like 50 different dating apps. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you solve a real problem like gender equity or uh, lack of education or hunger or any of the United Nations Societal Development Goals? There's just like problems that the entire world has that if you figured out a for-profit solution to, you'd be a billionaire or you can figure out how to get people laid. Your choice, you know, it's yeah. like, so. So my first exposure to entrepreneurship was a class I took my freshman year of college, um, just an introductory level class for entrepreneurs. Um, and one of the projects that we had to work on was finding a problem and solving it. And the problem had to be something limited to our college campus, something that we had observed students needed um, and something that we could potentially turn into a business for our campus. So the problem that we chose was the problem of students walking to class. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted to create a rideshare app. Um, so it would be tech driven. Students could sign up to be drivers and people could come get a quick three minute drive to their class if they wanted. Um, so, what and- was the problem? What, wait, so what was the problem you were looking to solve? Was it looking, were you solving for lazy college students? Basically, or solving. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But I mean, the question, because like, if you look at that problem and you're like, I mean, is the problem, is the problem that like people are all live off campus is a commuter college, and how do you get the campus is really difficult, or is the campus, uh, a, uh, to say it nicer, is it a convenience issue, or is mm-hmm. it a logistics issue? You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I had a team that was uh, college kids and they were solving the problem of, uh, so I worked at a community college up in Harlem and a lot of the classes would be late at night and the subways where everybody in New York city, everybody travels by subways, but the subways, mm-hmm. the three subways that they had access to, to get to the school all opened up in relatively dangerous areas. Mm-hmm. So these girls were, trying to figure out how to make it safer to walk to and from class to get to and from campus. So they put together a walk buddy system. So similar to the ride share system, but, but the solution is how do we keep people safe? Okay. By partnering people with, so like understanding that problem and, it, and like, I'm joking about like college kids being lazy, but it's if true. It's, it's a convenience issue. Then mm-hmm. the solution is different than a logistics issue. Yeah. Right. No, definitely a convenience issue. I mean, it's most people live on campus. It's a safe <coughs> campus. Um, I think I think the fact of the matter is you're we're not allowed to have skateboards or anything like that on campus. Some people have scooters, but then you look silly obje- <laughs> subjectively. <laughs> um, so it, pretty much just a convenience issue. But I do think it's it is a rigorous school. People are busy with a lot of stuff. Um, saving that, you know, 10 minutes or whatever that might be worth it to some people to spend, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of dollars to get to their cool. class. So did you guys create the app or were you just creating the business plan? 
we just created a business plan. It was actually like a, an early on project. Later on in the class, we developed our own individual projects, but this was kind of just an introductory um, project. So cool. yeah, we didn't actually create the app, but we did find somebody on campus who said he could create an app like that. Um, cool. So yeah. Groovy, groovy. Well, I like that. I, I You know, it's one of the things I find is that like, I can't tell you how many people are like, wow, you're so successful. How did you get to be, how did you, how have you been successful and become the CEO of Huntabot immediately overnight? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've started five businesses. I failed at fourth, <laughs> you know? So like starting over and over and being exposed to this over and over and over and over again and learning bit by bit the right mm -hmm. way and the wrong way to do things and make it is so important. So getting that like early entrepreneurship education so that you can bring that into a, you know, in, mm -hmm. into, you know, into the, the next problem you're looking to solve is, is super important. So that's really cool. So why are you not the CEO of, uh, uh, of lazyboyridesharing.com? Um, probably just because we decided that it wasn't really something worth pursuing because it would be such a micro level, mm -hmm. like problem limited to a college campus of only like 2,500 kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're all only going to be there for a few years. So it's not, and I actually think, um, a, they have a little bit of a venture lab, um, competition and students actually come up with project ideas, business ideas, and actually like compete to get funding for them. So, cool. and I, some college students actually from my school did come up with a scooter idea um, mm -hmm. called Scooty. You can like pick it up and then leave it somewhere else and someone can use it. So um, other people have done stuff to try to solve a similar type of problem, but um, our particular idea was not something that we were really going to pursue. We're not going to talk about uh, uh, single-sided funnels of innovation when it comes to businesses and uh, what I call predatory businesses like the mm -hmm. scooter business in this podcast. We're going to talk about it in the later, but I hate the scooter business model of like, we'll just leave it and we'll just leave trash on your sidewalk and, you know, and you have to deal with it mm -hmm. so that we can make money. I'm like, like literally my wife has to talk me down off the ledge every time we walk outside and I see a scooter. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the parochial thinking of, of like, of your product focus they're like oh it's only for this campus i find that there's two sides of that coin sometimes i, I find um it can be lim you can limit yourself by not having done the research to understand you're not thinking big enough mm -hmm. to understand that actually like if you can see if you can find like-minded or like uh so oh we have this college campus these customers are like x they mm -hmm. they have the general shape of x then where else look at general shape recognition where else are x's in the world mm -hmm. what is, where else could this be applicable you know like and then apply that everywhere i mean yeah Airbnb got to start because they were trying to, like every time these guys went to a conference the entire city all the hotels in the city would be taken over there'd be no hotel rooms mm -hmm. so you're trying to figure out does, do i have any friends whose couch i can crash on and they're like what if we turn that into a business mm -hmm. like yep. the problem you're solving like i i kind of almost feel like you're 
your ride sharing problem could have been expanded out. The other side of the coin, and I call it parochial thinking, is I get uh, I would get people who'd be like, so what we're going to do is we're going to create Facebook, but for our college. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so how is that going to be different? It's like, it's going to be purple. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why purple? Because that's our college colors. It's like, well, what else? How is it going to be? How else is it going to be different? It's like, no, that's it. It's going to be purple. It'll be exactly mm-hmm. the same thing, but purple. You're like, well, the thing that makes Facebook powerful is that there's like 10 billion people on it. Yeah. Like network effect. You're going to remove the network effect. And they already don't, they already have this thing called groups where you could, I, I don't, I don't understand what, and they're not yeah. thinking about what a unique problem that could be expanded out. So like two sides of that coin is a, like, honestly, your solution could have possibly been expanded very yeah. easily expanded out. If you, if you looked at the like minded consumers, but on the flip side, you look at something like, I mean, I can't tell you how many, who, who rightly are like, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. You can't create a Facebook for, you know, X college. But some ideas you can, you can make yeah. them kind of templates and then exactly. you sell it to another school and then they put their own school's information. Like I know that I'm trying to remember what it's called. <laughs> like there's like a program that incoming freshmen can use an app to, they can use to get to know other students. And it's a, mm. it's an app that's used by all kinds of colleges. They just use, they put their own, you know, spin on it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like ed tech industry is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So, cool. So, Devin, what should we do um, if we want to get started in, in starting a business? And what should our listeners do? So, um, at the at the risk of sounding um, uh, self-commercializing or like we're turning this whole thing into an ad, that's what we do. That's what Huntabot does. Uh, we're a community and a platform for universal basic entrepreneurship. So we have a specific, we have specific e-learning modules and classes that we've created to support people in and their own, own time walking through understanding and really digging deep into their problem and identifying it, right? Um, but we're not the only people who are, you know, one of the things I found at the beginning of COVID is that, you know, we started Huntabout with the idea that, oh, we're going to take over the world and we're going to crush every single other entrepreneurship program better than every other one. Everyone's going to die and it's just going to be us. And then COVID started happening. A lot of these communities, these entrepreneurship communities started going out of business. Mm-hmm. And I started getting more and more freaked out because you realize it takes, it takes a network. It takes a community of these businesses. There are businesses that are farther along the maturity chain than we are. There are businesses that are earlier than us, like the entrepreneurship mm-hmm. program that you went to. There are on-the-ground communities and meetups in your city that we can't be at. Uh, and all of these, you know, there are groups that focus on getting you funding but don't really give you uh, educational support. There's programs that focus on helping you pitch and learn mm-hmm. how to pitch. There's, there's Everyone's got their niche. And you got to find, surround yourself with the intent, right? Find that local entrepreneurship pitch competition. Get used to pitching. Um, really refine your your business model, your business case, um, so that you really can you, you really know you have the confidence to be able to burn your burn your ships mm-hmm. like Cortez and 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 enter the new world of entrepreneurship with confidence. Um, but surround yourself with the intent and create your community. Find your people. I hope you do it on Hunjabat, but 
there's there, it's all over the place. I mean, there's there's great communities everywhere doing great stuff. Um, just go out there and find find them. Mm -hmm. Do it. <laughs> so that's what that's my advice. And uh, we have a class coming out soon based mm -hmm. on how to explain your problem. Mm -hmm. um, this is the first class for our Huntabout Venture School. Yep. Um, and it's, we, it's what we call the first step in pitching your startup, learning how to explain your problem, how to define it, how to limit it, um, how you can trend it with data, um, come up with the data to back it up, um, persuade people that it's an actual issue, um, and then how to inspire confidence in your listeners that you will be motivated to carry it out um, and then how to figure out what stakeholders are involved and affected by the problem um, and how you're going to help those stakeholders so yeah. yeah yeah and uh and again you know join the community right because the i find that um 60 of the value of this is uh is the community mm -hmm. You know, forty percent is the is the coaching and the and the uh, and the e learning modules and the, and the the facilitation of helping you. We're very deliverable driven in what we're doing. Uh, that's mm -hmm. another thing I would say is that like you can look at all the books behind me, right? Uh, you could spend your whole life reading all those books. If you don't do anything with that knowledge. So like what we've tried to do with this class is very specifically get it from, okay, so this is how you define a problem. Now define your problem. Mm -hmm. This is how you map your stakeholders. Now map your stakeholders, like do it, right? So whatever it is, whether you're reading a book, whether you're reading deals zero to one, or you're reading uh, lean startup, or you're reading, you know, uh, good to great or exponential organizations, or, uh, or you're listening to Cal Canis's, uh, uh, this week in startups or whatever it is, whatever, or Gary V or whatever your drug, of, your entrepreneurial drug of choice is, act on it. Mm -hmm. You meet somebody at a meetup, schedule a meeting with them. Don't take their business card. Don't give them your business card. Schedule a meeting. You know, you're going to, you, you want to start a business? Take our course, take the class, define the problem, decide whether it's a problem worth solving. Do it. Right. Or mm -hmm. don't take our course, read the book and buy the book, read the book, execute on the book, whatever it is, do it. Don't just read it. Don't just sit back and watch that Ted talk. Oh, that's great. Oh, he's, wow. He's so smart. Oh yeah. That's all. Definitely. One of these days I'll eventually, no, do it now. Mm -hmm. Do it now. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Chief Everything Officer. This podcast is brought to you by Huntabot with many thanks to our listeners and guests. Today, we talked about where good ideas come from and how to find that secret juice of entrepreneur inspiration. Tune in next time to hear me interview our CEO, Devin Forsinger, about how he founded Huntabot and go make the world 5% better.